Here's your host of Sound Off, Brad Bennett. Thank you. Thank you, Johnny. Yes, we are back. Hour number three here in the afternoon edition uh, of, of uh, Sound Off. And if you would like to call into the show today, this last hour, it's uh, area code 218 722 0839. 722 0839. I was just watching John Kirby on Fox. He's being grilled by the media, by the uh, uh, news types, as he's trying to give the rationale on the United States sending 31 Abrams A1 battle tanks to the Ukraine. And a lot of people are asking the question, is there a potential that Russia could see this as an act of war against them from us and uh, could uh, come back at us? And boy, he's having a hard time uh, doing the best little whorehouse in Texas uh, dance around but it's uh, it's that's the question I guess I would be asking too. And then you know I'll tell you folks, people on on Facebook sometimes they have the best sense of humor. Uh, some of them are a little tough, but some of them are good. You know this George Santos that just got elected, who's the biggest liar in the world. He's even bigger bigger liar than uh, Joe Bo, uh, the president here. He just did you know Kenny that. Uh, George Santos just signed a very lucrative endorsement deal. Oh, yeah. He just signed a huge deal. Have you ever eaten Whoppers? You know, those chocolate milk balls that come in a in a carton, like a, like a milk carton? Uh, they're chocolate-covered milk balls, and they're called Whoppers. George Santos has just signed a huge lucrative deal uh, with Whoppers. <laughs> Well, he's got to have something to do because he's probably not going to be able to stay on as a congressperson for very long. We have on the phone with us, and it's almost like the show of Where's Waldo? Nicole is standing looking out the window of the Dahlberg Law Firm going, Where's Chris? Where's Chris? Well, I know where Chris is at. I saw him last night on Facebook down in the Keys uh, at a... At a dinner theater, sipping Mai Tais by the pool. He's having quite a time, Nicole. He is, and I'm glad he deserves it. So he deserves yes, to have yes, some time to, to relax and enjoy himself. So, yeah, but in the meantime, I'm here holding down the fort and making appointments to fill up his calendar for when he gets back. I know we're really in wanting to to get that calendar full for him so that he doesn't get a break when he gets back because, you know, he's already had a break. and Well, we want to yeah. make sure he gets busy and put right to work when he gets back. So, exactly. <laughs> so give our office a call at 218-722-5809, and we'll get you on the calendar. Right now we're scheduling out to mid-February because uh, the first week when he gets back is already pretty full from before he left. So, We've got openings from mid-February on. It's pretty open. Um, lots of lots of time to come in. So give us a call, and Excellent. we'll get that process started. Well, there you go. You heard it, uh, folks, right from Nicole. Call up. You, uh, she can actually take a lot of the information from you. If you've been thinking about a will, uh, getting that uh, finalized finally, uh, a lot of the information can be put together in document form ahead of time. So Chris is way ahead of the game and uh, you can have an appointment set up for you. While he's gone, when he comes back, he just rolls right back into work. So 
Very easy to do. And again, Nicole, that number one more time is what? 218-722-5809. All right. Thank you very much. Appreciate that very much. Well, Kenny, that was an interesting show. I think we are going to, um, I think as the future comes down the line, we are going to see some major changes in the way uh, freight is hauled and trucking, uh, everything else that we see. Um, I don't know exactly where to start here in hour number three because there are so many things. uh, But we mentioned in the first hour the fact that uh, Governor Walls wants to add two new taxes to the state of Minnesota. Now, you might be asking yourself, wait a minute, isn't Minnesota already one of the highest tax states in the union? Yes, they are. Let me let me give you some some tax information right now. Uh, I'm going to give you some key takeaways from current taxes. The states with the highest income taxes for 2021 include California with 13.3 percent, Hawaii 11 percent, New Jersey 10.75 percent. Oregon, 9.9, and Minnesota, 9.85. So Minnesota ranks right up there in the top five states. In fact, it is ranked fifth in the whole nation. Now, you might wonder, well, on the other end of that coin, who are the states with the lowest taxes? The, the uh, eight states with no, no personal income tax at all, none, are... Alaska, <clears throat> the state where I am currently domiciled, Florida, Nevada, South Dakota, Tennessee, Texas, Washington, and Wyoming. Those eight states have no personal income tax whatsoever and yet seem to do just quite well in taking care of goods and services and having roads and bridges, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The states with the highest total Total uh, taxes include Tennessee, Louisiana, Arkansas, Washington, uh, Minnesota, and Alabama. The states with the lowest sales taxes, uh, well, you've got a number of them with zero. But uh, but anyway, these are the so so. Does Minnesota need to add more taxes? I don't think so. Uh, I don't think we need to do that, but yet that's exactly what we're doing. Uh, the next two years, uh, we're going to be drawing on an estimated record-breaking surplus of $17.5 billion to boost uh, cash for schools, housing, paid worker leave, to give tax breaks. Uh, the, well, Governor Walz's plan accounts for a 26% increase from the current two-year budget with more than half of that increase in one-time spending. Well, if it's one-time spending, it will add a lot of long-term forever spending as the budgets go on. As the economy brings pressure onto families, uh, we have the capacity, Walls says, to reduce the cost of child care, whether it's uh, putting checks and money back in people's pockets, for one time boost out of the out of the uh, budget yes but uh the the state the state is looking at spending money on so many things uh in this new budget that basically i think they're only looking at maybe having about 1.7 billion left of this 17 some billion 
by the time the the state gets done with this with the whole thing. If we can't cut taxes now, when can we? Asked House Minority Leader Liz Dumoth, a Republican from Cold Springs, noting the record surplus. Minnesotans are expecting to have some of that back. And if we don't get it from the state, I think it's going to be a very negative thing on Walls and his administration. And uh, who knows what will happen with elections to come. Walls stressed that many of his proposals are one-time costs, including the roughly $4 billion he wants to distribute through checks. We're not going to leave a deficit, he said. Well, we don't know that. His his budget does call for uh, a recreational marijuana legislation and the creation of an Office of Cannabis Management to handle regulations for marijuana, hemp-derived products, and medical cannabis. Those are all going to be costs. That's going to grow the size of government. But, you know, recreational marijuana will bring in a lot of tax revenue as well. So there are offsets there. He also recommends grants to help people start businesses, more funding to treat and prevent substance use disorders, and an expungement of nonviolent marijuana offenses. It is past time to safely legalize adult cannabis use, says Lieutenant Governor Peggy Flanagan. Uh, prohibition doesn't work, uh, which is true, never worked with alcohol, um, Walls also proposed more local government and county program aid and cash to buy up to 30 electric buses. So we're going to see more and more costs in some of those areas as well. The governor has been highlighting aspects of the budget with events at schools, businesses, and fire departments. Some of the big items in Walls' spending plan include huge amount more money for education, well, has anybody asked the question, if we're going to spend all this money on education, what guarantees do we have that we're going to see achievements? Or are we even going to be able to judge the achievements that we're going to get out of spending more money on education? Automatically increase future education funding to match inflation and boost spending for special education English language learning because we have so many immigrants coming into this country. And, of course, don't forget, free meals, breakfast, and lunch for all students in the state of Minnesota. We're going to take over the parenting skills for all students, morning and noon, to feed the children. He proposed more than $950 million in housing needs, including down payment assistance for new-time home buyers. Homeless prevention and prevention of a for and uh, res, uh, per, per, prevention of affordable housing or uh, that this is written wrong in the story. I'm sure it means more money for affordable housing. But while DFL legislators propose three point three point four billion over the next two years for rent vouchers, Walls set aside just ten million for rent rent assistance. So I don't know what's going to happen there. That's going to have to be worked out in committee. Uh, Walls also wants to use robust stadium revenue funds to pay off the debt at U.S. Bank Stadium, which is, uh, that's a a very admirable uh, feat, I think, and will allow uh, money to be 
had for renovations and, and things like that. Anyway, we got to take our first break of hour number three. We'll be back shortly with much more on what's happening in the state here on Sound Off in the Afternoon. KDAL time is 125. Uh, snow reports are coming in. Now, Brad, there is a winter weather advisory for parts of the North Shore, basically from Two Harbors uh, up to Grand Portage, so just the okay. southern areas of uh, Cook and Lake Counties. And I've got a first snow report that's come in from Grand Marais. Two and a half inches already has fallen. Woo! Yeah, so if you're already tra- so yeah, yeah, some today. If you're traveling Highway 61 up the North Shore, uh, being uh, keep in mind that the uh, road conditions are going to be a little bit uh, different than they are here in downtown. But looking out the window of the KDAL studio, and there's uh, quite a snow flurry coming down here. <laughs> and that's the thing, Brad. We're going to get this snow, and we've had relatively mild conditions really all month long and uh, that things are going to change and not only is it going to get colder but it's going to get windier so blustery conditions are in our future well listen uh one of the things i wanted to uh wanted to talk just very briefly about is the fact that uh i i guess we're still moving a lot of snow around duluth right a lot of a lot of plowing still because uh, I noticed Roger Reinhardt, and of course Roger. Now, Kenny, you got to bring me up to date. We have, we have uh, the mayor Emily Larson is running for a third term. Roger Reinhardt has come out and is running as a candidate for mayor, a very viable candidate. And then I understand there's a third person. Do you know who that is at all? Yeah, he's a citizen of Duluth. I'm not sure of his background. I'm pretty sure he's American Indian. I think he's a veteran his last name i don't know his first name his last name is shivy i believe is how you maybe sheev maybe sheev is how you pronounce it but uh, he's a a citizen that has run in the past i believe he ran against emily larson uh, like about four or five years ago so yeah okay well we'll find out a little bit more about him as we go along but i'm kind of interested in uh, roger reinhardt and some of the some of his postings he posted this today i get it i do just text me an alert the day before you're going to plow in my over plow me in overnight so I can budget ice block removal time <laughs> and pre-post shovel stretching so I can do some stretching exercises. Yeah. You know, I, I would say this is that every winter we have to talk about this. Why isn't yeah. Duluth a leader in snowplow removal? Now, some places exactly. of yeah, some places of the U.S. get a lot more snow than us, but the difference with Duluth is we stay maybe colder than a lot of those places, so the snow doesn't go anywhere, and we've got our hills downtown here, Brad. Yeah. We've got what three hundred miles of streets. We're a big city in area wide. Why doesn't the city tackle this and make this a priority? It baffles me. But there's no reason, Brad, that the buses that are on West 3rd Street out in the Lincoln Park neighborhood, they've Mm -hmm. got that that, uh, spot where they pull over to the side at 26th Avenue West and 3rd, and they do their driver swaps. But the yep. snow banks cause them to be across the white parking line. They're at, they actually encroach into the driving lane. That should be a, a priority to fix. I don't know why it yes. isn't. I don't either. 
And, you know, and I understand Michael, I'm just going to mention his first name. Michael responded to Roger and said, sounds like something you may plan on putting into place. This is why we need you as mayor. Um, but you have to realize that not everybody has access to a uh, uh, to a text. You know, there's a lot of older people that maybe don't text, so they wouldn't get that. But but this all has to do with what Kenny was talking about, with if we're going to be a major northern uh, snow city where we're going to get a lot of snow, we always do every year, then maybe there are ways that we can improve our plowing so that some poor uh, schlob that maybe is uh, handicapped or maybe has a hard time getting around, he just doesn't finish cleaning out his driveway where an hour later the plow comes by and plows him in again and causes these ice blocks that he's impossible to move. There's got to be ways that we can help citizens and make it a little easier for for some of them to be able to get this. Now, I did notice, and I mentioned it earlier, um, that both the city of St. Paul and the city of Minneapolis are looking into buying... Uh, well, I guess they already have them, these small um, front-end loaders that they use to clean the sidewalks. And they're cleaning major sidewalks in St. Paul and Minneapolis as part of the services to the people of the city when they pay their their uh, taxes. Uh, they figure they owe that to the people uh, for at least owe them something for the uh, taxes that they pay to the city. And there's got to be ways you can do that. I tell you, I really liked last week when um, when Howie Hansen had his quotes from some of the mayor candidates, and he asked Roger Reiner right out, "What what are you? Uh, what's your feelings on uh, on two golf courses or one? Do you want to just have Inger, or are you you think we should keep uh, uh, the one out on the east end of side, east end of town?" Uh, is it Ridgeview, Kenny? I think yeah, Ridgeview. And he no, said, no, no. "Yeah, it's Lester, I, Lester Park. Lester, I'm Lester sorry, Park. Lester Park. Yep. You're right." And he said, "Yeah, I want to keep them both." He says, "I think we're we're looking at this wrong. Uh, golf is becoming more and more a uh, a recreational sport by a lot of people. We have an older population. A lot of people get out and do that." He said, "I think there's ways that we can look at both uh, Inger and uh, Lester Park." Add some housing, build some very nice housing there, and yet still have golf courses. Maybe we would have to shorten them to an 18-hole course where a couple of them are longer now so that we could make room for some of the housing. But we could we could do both and have a better system. And he said the big thing, if I become mayor, is we're going to talk about putting some programs back in some of our parks for children. He said there is no reason why we should have parks like Merritt where, that no longer has a hockey program, no longer has youth sports there. Same thing with Irving. Irving used to be a hotbed of activities for sports for kids. And there's literally nothing there anymore or very little. And he said we need to become a city that takes care of our citizens and provides them with opportunities and things. So I think this is going to be a very interesting uh, mayoral campaign. Um, we got to take our CBS News break. We'll be coming back shortly here on Sound Off 610 KDAL. Well, Kenny, 
Have you ever wondered, uh, you see all of these immigrants coming across the border, hundreds of thousands of immigrants coming across the border. Have you ever wondered, how do they get taken care of once they get here? They Some of them don't have anything but the clothes on their backs. Well, after we talk to Tom from Port Wing, I'm going to tell you how they get taken care of and where the money comes from. And I think you're going to be very surprised. Tom from Port Wing, good afternoon to you. Well, good afternoon to you, and I'll be listening for that. Um, I have a multiple choice question for you today. Okay. Okay. I like like multiple choice because at least I can make a choice. (laughs) Yeah. Well, this has to do with all those documents. By golly, you know, Biden. uh, Uh, Yeah. Okay. So here's my question. When did... Obama incinerate his classified documents, A, one month before ago, or B, six months ago, or C, 24 hours before he ordered the FBI search of Mar-a-Lago. <laughs> yeah, isn't, well, see, now, now you got me. I could, I could pick any one of those and probably be right. <laughs> Well, isn't he the most logical next house to be searched? Yes, without a doubt. In fact, Kenny and I talked about that. We talked about that yesterday. How is it that nobody has questioned whether uh, Barack Hussein, after eight years as president, might have carried a couple of documents away with him? Yeah, and, and, you know, Biden uh, had taken some when he was a senator before he was ever even vice president. So, yeah. you know, but I think he's he's savvy enough. This guy, he's savvy. I, I don't care how uh, people want to look at him. I'll bet you they were incinerated. I'd be willing to bet on that. Because in other words, you, you, you don't think he would pants down on something yeah, like you that. Don't, yeah, I was going to say, you don't think he'd want to be uh, have some group come in and raid his home and find them. He'd make sure they're gone. Yeah, and if they did... It would be a media fiasco because there would be nothing there, surprisingly, huh? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, I thought about that. I, you know, when they when they raided Trump, I thought, you know, what's uh, what what's the deal here? Don't they think uh, Barack Hussein Obama might have anything? And then when Biden came out, and then and then of course yesterday when we found out that uh, Pence had some documents that he, and I I do believe that he may not have even known he had them there. Um, but w- well, what, one what way or the other. And, and, and Hillary, Brad. Oh, yeah. They were notorious <laughs> for having raided uh, files. They had Sandy Burglar go and even steal some after uh, they got out. And, you yeah. know, if we're right at it, what about George Bush? Uh, mm. I, I'm, in, I'm in favor of all of them uh, being put under the spotlight, but I'll bet you of all the guys out there, he's gonna—he would be the only one that had zero, except for yeah. maybe a bucket full of ashes, because he's—he's <laughs> crafty. Well, you have a great day. Oh. All right, thank you, my friend. Yeah, Hillary. You know, let's look at Hillary here for a minute. Hillary never became president. She was never vice president, but she was always into movers and shakers. She had her her government phone run out of the toilet in her home in Chappaqua. 
she had bleach bits clean off her phones, clean off her computers, but she wouldn't have possibly carried documents, which she... Yeah, there you go. It wasn't a perfect campaign. There is no such thing. Um, But I was on the way to winning until the combination of Jim Comey's letter on October 28th and Russian WikiLeaks raised doubts in the minds of people who were inclined to vote for me but got scared off. Oh, Hillary. Isn't that special? That is something She's on record, Brad. Yeah, so I I would think... She's on uh, record of lying about what really didn't happen. There were no Russian WikiLeaks. There were no no WikiLeaks. There were no Russian... uh, In fact, the only Russian material that was put together was put together by Hillary to make it look like Trump had a a Russian... uh, uh, some kind of a, a dossier going on. And the dossier was paid for by Hillary's uh, political group. But listen, I want to get to this before our, our uh, Minnesota news break here, because this is very interesting. I've wondered many times, too, how are these illegals taken care of? Well, there are two. This is a story that was out this morning uh, on MSN. There are two left-wing nonprofit organizations that together combined to rake in hundreds of millions of dollars in taxpayer-backed government contracts since President Biden took office, with a vast majority of the money going toward efforts to keep illegal immigrants in the United States. Records reviewed have shown the Vera Institute of Justice, that's V-E-R-A, a New York-based group that views immigration enforcement agencies as a threat to civil liberties. Let me state that again. The Vera Institute of, of Justice, they look at groups, they look at groups, immigration enforcement agencies as a threat to civil liberties. They have been the primary breadwinner in the last two years collecting, are you ready for this, Northlanders? around $350 million from government contracts for immigration services. The ACARA Center for Justice, the A-C-A-C-I-A, ACARA Center for Justice, a newer nonprofit linked to the Vera Institute and another left-wing immigration group, has also pocketed tens of millions in recent federal contracts. The progressive groups, these two progressive groups, have landed the contracts amid the escalating border crisis, which recently saw a quarter of a million migrants encountered. The Versa Institute received a $171 million health and human services funded contract last March to help unaccompanied minors avoid deportation. Unaccompanied minors avoid deportation. The record shows that the contract has been paid out around $190 million with supplemental agreements as of December. The agreement, the arrangements last until March of this year, but can hit as high as $938 million if renewed until March of 2027. If extended, it will be the largest federal contract the group has received 
for immigration-related services dating back to the mid-20s. Vera, that's this organization, has secured their largest government contract since early 2021, including a $168 million contract in March of 2021 for the same purpose of helping undocumented minors avoid deportation. Wow. Listen, we got to take our Minnesota news break, and then we'll come back with more here on Sound Off on a Wednesday in the Northland. KDAL time is 155, 28 degrees in Superior, light snow. They're reporting calm winds in Superior, 27 degrees. Winds are about 10 miles an hour. This is at the Army Corps of Engineers, 10 miles an hour out of the northwest in downtown Duluth. Well, you know, we've been talking uh, about Social Security taxes and whether or not the state should uh, should be able to get rid of them. There are very few you states. Know, in fact, there's only 11 states that don't uh, that don't completely have done away with Social Security taxes. Yeah, yeah, that's an arrogant statement we heard in that news piece that Governor Walls wants to give some Minnesotans some. Uh, a break yeah. on their Social Security, but not the wealthy ones. Well, Brad, right. uh, there's wealthy de- Democrats, there's wealthy Republicans. It's going to you know, affect a lot of people on both sides of the political aisle. But more so than that, Brad, that shouldn't matter because it's already taxed. Yes. Exactly. And not only that, but the governor's coming out with two new taxes, which are going to go after the wealthy. He's going to go after people that have dividends and have made money on investments and things like that. So why not get rid of it and make Minnesota jump on board with a lot of other states? I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. Well, you're right. And, Brad, he's talked about how he wants to give more money to education and uh, Minnesota to be a great place for kids to go go to school at. That's great. What about for places for people to stay and live and retire and stay here rather than moving to states so they can get away from that? I mean, I know the climate has a lot to do with it. But, again, Social Security income is income that's already been taxed. Yes, it was. And you're absolutely right. It, and it's way past time for the governor to have done away with them. We'll see. It it may still happen here. The uh, some some of his own members, and like one said, it only takes one Democratic vote in the Senate to go along with the Republicans to make that happen. So we may see that yet. Anyway, um, we're just about to the end of the show here. Tomorrow, Thursday, we're going to come back. We'll have a lot of new stuff. Uh, We'll find out more what the government has said about these tanks, the 31 tanks we found out uh, that they're going to give uh, to the Ukrainians. It's going to take a long time to get them there because we got to train their people on the use of them. We've got to find a way to sneak them in so the Russians don't know they're coming and uh, bomb them or get rid of them before they're there. Uh, and, you know, I just don't know how that's going to affect our uh, dealings with Russia in the future. Maybe it won't have anything to do with it. But we'll talk to you all tomorrow. Enjoy the day, and we'll see you tomorrow, Thursday, right here on Sound Off.